1: Welcome to episode 212 of the Barcelona Podcast, home to the most influential voices in the FC Barcelona community, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and I'm again joined by Frances Tomas, Barca columnist featured on ESPN, Barca Blog, and many others. Frances, I've told the media that you're non-transferable, but now I'm hearing leaks that they might take away my mic and put me in the stands until I see out my contract, or terminated completely.
2: Hola, Gules. Uh, well, I'm just listening to offers, you know. Um, I think that... I've done well for the last three years with yourself in the Barcelona podcast, and uh, I am open to offers, and then I will consider it. I mean, my release clause is quite low, <laughs> based on my, my quality, so so that's okay. Um, can we go for the show and stop talking nonsense? I'm not good at talking nonsense.
1: Yeah, Frances, of course, I'm alluding to the contract situations and the difficulties of Messi and Luis Suarez, and that is what we're going to hit first and foremost on this show. But... The big idea today on episode 212 is, I think, an impossible task that we're going to attempt to do, but we're going to come at it from what I would hope to be an educated and detailed approach. But today, we're basically answering one question. So today, we have in La Gran Pagunta a question from one of my favorite patrons in Mike Crimmins. So thanks so much for the question, Mike. And La Gran Pagunta today, what will be a successful, now this is the important note, but realistic transfer window look like for FC Barcelona? This question is hard to answer because there are a lot of things that we don't know and we don't actually know of the list of players that could go in and out we don't even know how much those players could fetch and we most importantly don't know the dire financial situation that the club is in let's say the club does find or have a plan or figure out how to spend 30 to 40 million euros on two or three players and it winds up being a really successful window or maybe the club doesn't wind up getting anything done, they can't negotiate any contracts, they have to terminate deals, and there are big, big issues. So we don't know any of those things. And so when I say realistic transfer window, it's basically with the assumption that a few players will be sold, and it won't be a full cleaning house, and a few players will be bought, but it will not be players that are going to be able to completely break the bank.
2: I'm really excited to answer this question for Mike, who's been a patron of the show for well over two years, and uh, that's really generous of him, obviously, enables us to make these shows. So thank you so, so much, Mike. Um, I can't wait to answer the question. I mean, generally speaking, it would be getting a team at the end of the transfer window that is better than one we're going in with. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of ins and outs that we need to look in more detail. So let's get going then.
1: Yeah, we start with Messi because you want questions about whether the club is better or worse with one player. I think the resounding answer is that... FC Barcelona, at least next season, would be way worse without Lionel Messi. And part of the reason why these transfer rumors about Messi are going to continue, I wouldn't even say they're transfer rumors. I would say it's rumors about the future of Lionel Messi at FC Barcelona because this was the week that he met reportedly with Ronald Koeman. And he is no more convinced that next year is a year that he wants to stick around at the club. It's going to be a transition year. It feels like a transition year for the club. A president on the way out, little money to spend, a new manager who seems to have been given the authority to change things up, and elections on the horizon. He's 33, he'll lose another year, and many of his best friends on the team are being forced out. Whether they leave the club or not, it seems, they could just sit in the stands and wave hello when Messi's on the field. Frances, we have for a long time said that no player is bigger than the club. But
2: is this one? No. No, no player is bigger than the club. That includes Messi and Iniesta and Xavi and Puyol and all the fantastic greats that have blessed the Camp over the years. No player is more important than the club. Obviously, Messi is, I want to say by a long, long mile, the best player we've ever had. Um, arguably the best, um, the best player in the history of football, um, full stop. Obviously, that's a debate for a different day. Um, I do think that Messi has earned the right to decide what he wants to do. Um, I think that if Messi is, as the media have reported, just disappointed with what's happening in the club, and um, he just wants an adventure somewhere else, um, like Alaska Raza sort of thing, then I think that he's in, within his right to do so. Um, unfortunately for him, if that is the case, which I don't know, I just read what, what's in the media, uh, but it's been widely reported. So, you know, normally things that are widely reported coming from different sources, not around, you know, the different bits of media like in Qatar or in, you know, Uganda or the United States or whatever, but different sources from Catalonia. Which has been the case, then it normally rings rings quite a quite a truth to it. Um, I think that Messi obviously has a contract that is not expiring soon enough for him or for him to escape now, and uh, it just needs to be needs to be considered. I mean, Kuman reportedly tried his best to convince him to stay, but he's just not convinced. And uh, to have someone of Messi's caliber, and not just that, but wage as well, to be honest, that is not fully convinced of why he would stay then you know the club needs to be looking at, at what to do, which is in the best interest of the club themselves. I mean, I would, as I said in the last two, three podcasts, I would much rather have someone different than Bartomeu leading the club, but unfortunately he's been holding onto his chair and that's not going to change anytime soon. So, you know, he may end up being the president that decides to sell Messi. Um, and, you know, if we don't like Bartomeu too much right now, imagine if that actually happened. Do I think it's a realistic situation for Messi to leave the club? My head says, yes, it is. My heart doesn't allow me to think that way. My heart, what my heart tells me is that Messi will stay until the end of his career and he could be like Puyol or Xavi Ware and in Iniesta, one-man club, because I think that, in a way, he owes it to himself and he owes it to his legacy to not go after a two-way disaster, humiliating defeat against Bayern. But then again, does he owe anything to anybody? He probably doesn't. He probably owes more to him. himself as a person than to anybody else because of everything that he's given over the years so it is a very confusing situation i think that long story cut short if messi wants to go then he's within his rights to do so but he's got a contract he needs to honor Uh, obviously he's got a 700 million euros release clause that nobody is going to meet but if he really really is insisting on going then he's going to have to bring i would say at least 150 million euros if not more other than that, stays for a further year. But then, if he does that, he's getting paid 20 million euros um, a year for his wage, and he's not fully committed. You know, it's a very, very, very complicated story. But I think that Messi himself is to make his mind up, and then um, you know he needs to he needs to act accordingly.
1: I think that for Messi, we're kind of stuck in this place where we think that because of the way that Puyol left and Xabi left and Iniesta that. There is this great fanfare when the legends do finally leave the club, particularly FC Barcelona, but this happens at all these clubs around the world. But club legends sometimes, yes, they leave on their own accord and they leave in this beautiful harmony of remembering the player's legacy and all these different things. But that isn't necessarily always the case. It doesn't always have to work this way that legends are able to get this clean exit out. And it's just crazy to think that of all the legends at Barcelona, some have good exodus and some have been like Ronaldinho. And we always said that Messi, way all the way back in the beginning, he wanted to be like Ronaldinho. He took after Ronaldinho. Thankfully, he didn't take too much from Ronaldinho off the field, but on the field certainly and all that magic. But he might be leaving the club in a similar way with the exception of the club isn't forcing him out in the way that it did Ronaldinho, but the way he would leave. Now, a name I want to say, unfortunately, about how would Messi potentially go? Because that's, I think, what people are really trying to now wrap their minds around. He has a 700 million euro release clause, which, I mean, you'd think that FFP and a global pandemic would be enough to make sure every club in the world cannot pay that. But the only clubs that realistically can even think to pay something that could be negotiated from that number is Man City, PSG, or Inter Milan, I'd say. But he could leave Mm -hmm. for, as I said, a negotiated price, like Cristiano Ronaldo. That's the name I didn't want to say, but just the way that Cristiano Ronaldo left Real Madrid to Juventus, where Cristiano Ronaldo left for what was a negotiated fee of 100 million euros. So it could be that Man City, PSG, or Inter Milan could afford Messi. So he could leave if the club were to negotiate, say, and 120 million euro release or something like that which i said would still be absurd in the world of global pandemic but still possible and barca would be saving a massive 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 amount on annual wages and weekly wages so i mean for all the players they want to get off the books messi makes so much of what he i mean he makes more than in terms of a weekly wage the bottom half of the roster that's just the reality so as far as getting barca Even we're talking about the next president, getting him in a good financial spot, him or her, that they could find a way to get this club out of the financial situation they're in. Obviously, getting Messi off the books would be one way to do that. But unlike all the other players that they want to offload, just talent-wise, it doesn't make sense to get rid of Messi.
2: No, absolutely. I think that um, Messi staying in the club is the way forward. It has to be the way forward because, you know, seeing... Barca without Messi is just absolutely unthinkable and Bartomeu I don't think wants that on you know on his CV (laughs) he's he's pretty dark CV at this stage Uh, but then again I don't think the next president wants to be the one that enables Messi to leave during his presidency or right at the start so it's a very very tricky situation and uh, I think that in terms of wages well it would be better for the class economy the wages were alleviated but then the um, the outcome on the pitch would not be nearly as good if obviously messi messi wasn't here and uh, i don't want to go about it too much longer because we've said several points but certainly if you do sell messi for say 120 150 million euros um, that's money that you would take because you know in a year's time if he's really that unhappy he's gonna leave for virtually free but uh, the problem is what the what the club does with that money later so if you're gonna buy André Gomes and Neto and Junior Firpo for the 100 million that you're saving with Messi, then it makes absolutely no sense. So I think that for the long term sustainability and economy of the club, selling Messi would probably be a great idea. But from a sporting perspective and uh, from a reputation perspective and, you know, from a social perspective in terms of the, the fans would probably burn the Camno, uh, hopefully not literally, but, you know, in their own eyes. And uh, it would damage the club enormously, especially if, say, the club, for whatever stupid reason, allowed him to leave for free, for example, which uh, we have done in the past before. I mean, so Real Madrid and Cristiano Ronaldo really should never be taken as examples. But in this situation, I think we have to say he's the closest parallel, isn't it? Is the the most influential squad player that they've got, and you know, in Barça's um, perspective, is going to be the most influential player in history. I think that if, you're, if Real Madrid could get $100 million out of Ronaldo at the age that he left, which is similar to what Messi is now, then I think that Barca need to take a leaf um, out of that book. But having said all that, I want million percent on one Messi to leave. But then again, if he is going to stay, I want him to be fully focused and, uh, as we said last week, be able to adapt to his new role, which in my eyes shouldn't really be as the main protagonist anymore. It should be a key protagonist that enables others to grow so that in the long term, uh, when Messi is no longer here, then the other ones have grown enough to, to pass on the baton to the next generation and to be leaders themselves.
1: Well, one of the big things that I think is also at the forefront of Messi's decision about his feelings towards the club at the moment is how the club is treating and some of the news around his best friend Luis Suarez, we will be talking about on the other side of the break. From tight muscles, tough workouts, signs of aging to simply making it through each busy day, everyone understands what it feels like to be tense and sore. So everyone can benefit from TheraOne CBD products. Started by Dr. Jason Wurzland, TheraBody exists to provide you with the best scientifically validated natural solutions to help soothe your body and relax your mind. It started with the revolutionary TheraGun percussive therapy device when Dr. Jason saw the benefits of using CBD in his treatments. He created TheraOne to bring you CBD products done right. A lot of CBD products claim organic, but still contain up to 30% filler, and these fillers are potentially toxic. TheraOne tests their products four times before they get to you. Every product is USDA certified organic, grown in the US, and their CBD extracts are the highest quality available anywhere. Use TheraOne's warming lotion in your morning routine, the cooling lotion or massage oil to recover, body balm for targeted relief, and sleep tincture to drift into a deep night's sleep. And now through Labor Day, Monday, September 7th, TheraOne is offering our listeners a buy one, get one free for all TheraOne products. But you've got to go to theragun.com slash bluewire. If you don't love what you get from TheraOne, send it back for a full refund within 30 days of purchase. This is not something TheraOne is likely to do again. Buy one, get one free at theragun.com slash bluewire, but only until Labor Day. Go right now to theragun.com slash bluewire. Sunday Sunday Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday Ticket.TV, you can stream every live out of market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. So back from that break, the news of the day is obviously surrounding Luis Suarez because for Messi, you do get the sense that the club does not want to part with Messi this season he can leave next year on a free but he also one of the main reasons that Messi would leave is because of the board so you'd think that if there's a new board that Messi's very very happy with maybe they can figure something out and he doesn't leave next summer but yes if the club feels like they can only capitalize but again that's this board it's only going to feel like they they have to be able to capitalize and they don't want to sell Messi and be the board that sells Messi so Messi is is a complicated situation Luis Suarez a lot less complicated. The latest reports are that Coleman has told Luis Suarez that he is not wanted and the club may need to reach an agreement on a contract termination. Now that is complicated, not that Coleman doesn't want Luis Suarez, the club's made up their mind about what they want future feature of the Uruguayan to be. However, when I was going through and trying to understand what a realistic transfer window would look like, there are some players that we're going to talk about in a minute that I felt were going to be on the exodus and be out of the club. Luis Suarez was not one of those names because I felt like, with the exception of Alba Busquets, and PK, who I think, oh, I figured were going to be sticking around because it's just impossible to overhaul five to eight players of high wages and guys who, I mean, a lot of clubs might not necessarily want. Luis Suarez is one of those that actually had staying at the club because with one year, plus I believe an additional option after that, you'd have to pay out for him, terminate that contract so he can sign for someone else because if no other club is willing to take on his wages and take on how much he makes, and particularly even for a transfer fee, then he's kind of stuck there. And he also has said he wants to stay at the club. So it's not like he's going to just willingly pay his own salary like Neymar did to jump to PSG. So for Luis Suarez, the club is going to be at an impasse where it's going to cost a pretty penny to terminate his contract. And my question is, with one year plus on the deal, is it truly worth it to basically, I mean, they could potentially neutralize other potential deals that they could make with money by throwing that at Luis Suarez to get him to leave the club.
2: It's an economy point again, isn't it? Um, as we mentioned last week, it's it's a Gareth Bale situation. I mean, if Suárez doesn't want to go, nobody's going to force him out. Um, he, when, when the rumors came out, that was literally, I think it was even the day before Kuman actually got an, announced. And um, he got his internal to say that he wasn't happy and if you got something to tell me, tell me to your face sort of thing. Obviously, they're not literal words. they the words filtered to the press um, via you know friends, Comments and accounts and maybe messages or whatever. So he, did, he didn't say that himself, obviously, but um, it looks like they have now spoken. And uh, he's very he went on. Uh, I think it was El País. He had an interview and uh, he did say that he's ready to take a step back. He's ready to be that super sub that we've been talking about uh, for so many years. And the, you know, Henrik Larson and how funny that Hendrik Larson actually has joined Barca as an assistant coach when we keep talking about him pretty much every week now. But, you know, having someone of, of Luis Suarez's caliber and persona and legacy at Barca just to come in for 20 minutes, despite being paid the huge amount that he gets paid. I mean, I don't have exact numbers in front of me, but I think he gets the third highest paid player in the whole of Barca right now behind Griezmann and Messi, Messi obviously being top, then he may not be worth it. So... I think it all comes down to how much money does he expect or needs to get paid for him to agree to leave now? I mean, from a. And this is the realistic part of Mike's question that that he was obviously asking. But personally, I think that the club needs to do everything within their power, but obviously everything within reason so that he moves on. Because um, I think Messi would be a much more willing, much freer. Um, player, much more enabled to, to, to grow and, and to you know, change his, his status, not necessarily the status, but changing his ways around the dressing room if Luis Suárez wasn't there. Um, I'm not someone who believes in little cliques um, in any business, in any enterprise, and certainly not in a football team. Obviously, I'm not saying that people are not allowed to have friends. I'm not saying that at all. But I think that when a friendship goes to that level, uh, and everything's going hunky-dory like in 2015 in terms of the MSN strike at the front, then there's no problem. But when things turn ugly and one of them alarmingly drops their performance, which is what Suarez has done, then that's when the problem comes. So I think that as a club, um, if Bartomeu has to stay, which obviously he's decided unilaterally he he wants to stay and that, that's that, there's nothing much more we can do about it, then I really do think that the next step has to be for Suarez to to be invited out. I do think that obviously he's a fantastical scorer. I don't want to be ungrateful. He's been great for us. Um, I think he's a third or fourth top scorer in the history of Barca, which is remarkable. And I think he needs to have a, a, una salida digna, a, a proper exit, but at the same time, and then that's why he's probably going to have a lot of clubs trying to, to get him. Obviously, I don't think we'll really be able to afford him, but then again, that's why I'm saying that it comes to economy and it comes to numbers and it comes to money.
1: Right, and that's the point, that Luis Suarez, with what he makes in a week, how much of that is Barcelona going to have to pay to get another club to say, okay, we are basically negotiated down to say, all right, that's what we're willing to pay to take Luis Suarez off the books. And yeah, I think you do bring up the points of what the locker room will look like. But I think for me, just seeing on the field, the issues that Luis Suarez does bring up, and we talked about all season long, it was the same theme, that he can score Galazzo, And he's still a fantastic goal scorer. Again, I don't want to overuse the word legend, but I mean, he's potentially a top 10 player in FC Barcelona history. I I forget what I had him at, but he is the third leading goal scorer on Barcelona's docket. And part of that is also the fact that he played in the 21st century where Barcelona was playing in a ton of different competitions. And he did play alongside Messi, who's the greatest assist man maybe in football history so those things did help out and pad his goal scoring docket but he also didn't get penalties Messi took those so that's something that actually Luis Suarez had to have a lot of open play goals but there we go I've digressed into Luis Suarez but yeah he's going to be a big part of this puzzle as well as we continue to go through what a sensible transfer window would look like and now I guess this is not to say the boring part but this is again the part that matters where we're under the ignorant pretense that Messi will be still around next season But I think a place to continue our conversation before we get, you know that when I say who we're getting to, we're going to be talking about Rakitic and Vidal and MTT in a minute. But before we get to that, we want to talk about the players that are already in preseason. That it's basically the who and how Barca will sell around the edges of the squad when no one else has any money to spend. So before we get to even the regulars and the players who were in last year's squad, the ones who lost to Bayern Munich, let's talk about the players already in preseason. Part of this transfer window, and I know it took place in January, Pedri and Trincao, those, they were, those deals were done in January, but they are going to be infused into the squad now. They are really feeling like new, they are new additions to the squad, so they feel like new signings. So Trincao and Pedri, obviously, they're not going to be sold, and even the idea that they're going to be loaned seems to, in the last few days, dissipate completely. I think Rafinha, he's going to be finally sold. And then Carlos Alenia, I think, should be kept as well. And while he's not there, you can add Martin Brothwaite to the list of players to be sold. I think it just seems like Barcelona are going to be able to get something for him that you pay for goals, so Brothwaite, especially at his age. So uh, with Trincao, Pedri, and hopefully a healthy Dembele, the wing position that seems so barren just a few days ago is now looking full, so you can get what you can get for the Dane. Now, the other part of this, I know these aren't the names that sell the papers, but there are some interesting decisions here, Frances. If Tedibo stays, there is no need to spend even 10 million euros on Eric Garcia this year. He's obviously the Catalan center back from Man City that everybody wants at the right center back position. But if he does want to come to Barca, he'll come as a 20 year old next summer on a free, and that might mean he gets he gets frozen out of at Man City, and that would be unfortunate. But as I said, he could come on a free next summer, and that's how teams like Bayern Munich make deals. Though they wait. Leon Goretzka, who just won the Champions League. Trophy was a free. We came over on a free from from Schalke just a few seasons ago. With the case of Tadebo and Eric Garcia, I mean, I would roll the dice on Tedibo and then go after Garcia. But if the club feels like he's only able to be gotten this year over on, on for ten or fifteen million euros, then you go for Garcia now, and then if Tedibo is worth twenty to thirty million euros, which seems a little high, but if you can even sell Tedibo for a plus five or plus 10 million euros on Garcia. Basically, you consider that almost a swap. Now, speaking of swaps, Juan Miranda has not been good enough out Mm. in the world, speaking of being a Schalke, and I'm skeptical that he is ready to sit on the bench and back up Alba, and it's also pretty bad for his development. But I think the club does need to look long and hard at that option if Junior Furpo can bring in somewhere between 15 and 25 million euros, which I think is more than Miranda would go for right now. And when I mentioned those kind of players, Frances, I also want to throw in Mateus Fernandez, only got three matches for Real to lead and Oral Busquets largely playing center back for Twente in the Netherlands. So I don't think either of them are ready to contribute to the first team yet but I don't know if I would sell them either. Unfortunately for Busquets I think injuries may have done him in with his development in terms of being a first team player at Barca but he's also not worth as much as he would be if he has another successful loan. And then Fernandez. Costs about 10 million euros, so you'd hope that the club trusts him a little bit more, but as I've said in the past, I have no faith in Barcelona's ability to bring in Brazilian players since they signed Neymar, so I have no idea what to think of Mateus Fernandez. As I said, he only played three times for Real Valladolid, and it was hard to really get a proper assessment of him. He wasn't the best player on the pitch, but... Real Madrid's system is also very defensive. So, I mean, when I throw all those names at you, other than Trincao, Pedri, and I guess Alanya, where do you stand on everybody else? And I said Rafinha. I throw in at the end that he, I mean, of all those players, he's the one who's most likely to be sold and the most likely to bring in like fifteen to twenty million euros.
2: Yeah, I pretty much agree with what you said. To be honest, I think that Trincao, Pedri, and Alanya stay. Uh, I think they they fit that mold of young and ready and hungry and fresh. Um, obviously, Araña knows the club better than the other two, because obviously he's from La Masia and he grew up here. But we've seen enough of Trincao excelling, basically, in, in Portugal, which obviously is a different league, um, to, to be excited. Pedri was leading Las Palmas, despite being just 17 years old, in Segunda División. And I think he's ready to, to, you know, to make an impact, maybe coming off the bench initially and then continuing to grow. Um, I do agree that Rafinha, Braithwaite, um, Firpo will bring some money in. I'm not quite sure how much, to be honest. Um, I think if we can get between 10 and 15 for each one of them, we should count ourselves lucky. So I would say around 45 million for the three of them. Um, And that's being ambitious. I think realistically, you probably would get 30, 35 million for the three. Um, Todibor, if you can get any offers, as you mentioned, that are better than what Garcia would cost you, and I know what Bayern Munich do, But the thing is, if you leave Eric Garcia in in Manchester City for a year, given the fact that Guardiola actually started him in the last, unless I'm mistaken, I think I'm not, in the last game in the Champions League, despite him saying he wants out and he wants to to, uh, to go to Barca, if you leave Eric Garcia in Manchester for another year, then Guardiola may actually convince him to stay by making him feel important and then he ends up not coming. So um, if Garcia is a long term option for Barca, which, you know, he grew up in La Masia and of course he did leave. So it does hurt to pay some money for someone that left her on their own accord. But then again, we did that for Gerard Piqué and Jordi Alba even and uh, look at them both how much they have given the club. So if uh, if you can get a surplus between Todibo and, and Eric Garcia, then I think you pull the trigger. Uh, Miranda, as you said. Loaned out um, for the reasons you you mentioned. Uriel Busquets as well. He needs to be loaned out or sold. And uh, with Mateus Fernandes, that's a that's a case of X Files. That you know someone somewhere is paying very highly for these Brazilian talents. Talents between inverted commas. Ten million euros is just is just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, that's what we're thinking of getting for Rafinha or or, or even Braithwaite when we just signed him not that long ago, six months ago for eighteen million and. I mean, it, it, you could do a whole show on why why this obsession with Brazilian youngsters that add nothing after. Uh, I don't want to be too harsh, but, you know, that's reality. And, um, yeah, I just think that in terms of the ones that are training or, you know, about to be training with Barca, that should be the situation. I, I, I mainly agree with you, Dan.
1: It's not just Barcelona as well, because Real Madrid, obviously, also you want to talk about a desire to bring in the next Brazilian superstar. They spend a lot, a lot, a lot of money. For the top top Brazilian talents, though, unlike no offense to Gustavo Mai or Mateus Fernandes, but they weren't necessarily names that were on the uh, lips of every Brazilian fan. Oh, Douglas!
2: You forget you forget the, the the pinnacle of Brazilian talent, Douglas as well. He was a fantastic buy.
1: Yeah, you know I can't believe I'm not not to defend the Douglas deal because the summer was obviously it seemed like Asensio was available for 3 million at uh, from Mallorca's youth system and douglas was about 5 million but the whole point though for douglas even is that he went for 5 million euros so we actually do have to look at the actual numbers of which some transfers were much much worse than others because of the price that, that was paid for them so yes douglas was an unmitigated flop but he was 5 million euros that let's say douglas because he was a brazilian star did sell jerseys that were half of that so i don't know so that's all that's the whole point about douglas (laughs) it would actually there are players that actually are a bigger stain because of the the lack of marketability they did have and what they did cost so speaking of speaking of selling players though i can't believe i yeah I can't believe I defended the Douglas transfer for a second there. Let me get my head back on right here because we're going to talk a few more big names. I think Rakitic, who makes more than around, this is both his wages plus a a few other incentives, he makes more than €250,000 per week. Regardless of what the actual number is, he winds up being 6th on the squad in the weekly wages. Vidal is 11th in the squad around a reported uh, 173000 per week and then Simeone to put that in context Simeone was reported at 65,000 and Lenglet at 51. So just to tell you Lenglet at 51 and that's why Barca also want to renegotiate his deal but Rakitic makes a almost at this point unfathomable 250,000. So I think more than anything else going back to Mike's question about realistic and Mike had even suggested this to me in an email that you have to find new homes for Rakitic and Vidal. I think a realistic and uh, we're going to end this by asking what a successful transfer window looks like but I think That kind of hits both those boxes that both sensible and or realistic and successful is you have to get Rakitic and Vidal. And if Luis Suarez is part of this this package of the players that are leaving, then you do wind up saving a lot, a lot on weekly wages. So for Rakitic. Yeah, the way he's going to potentially leave the club, maybe it seems like Sevilla would be the only option, but they just won the Europa League, so they have a little more to spend. If you can get five to $8 million for Rakitic, you pull the trigger. And like David Villa to Atletico Madrid a few years ago, he's been a great player for the club, that being Rakitic. Thanks and good luck. And Vidal, he fit a need for Ernesto Valverde and Kike Setien, and he's a professional player. But FC Barcelona should not be reliant on a 33-year-old Arturo Vidal. And then Samuel Umtiti is the third name that I do throw in that little trio. That Umtiti is almost like the ones that we just spoke about with Rafinha, where you kind of take what you can get for Umtiti, and and then Ronald Araujo can take every single minute. Speaking of the backup center backs, that Ronald Araujo, we'd hope that he's the fourth center back on the depth chart next year. It being Garcia or Tadebo being the third center back. So I think Araujo can easily take what Umtiti was able to provide for at least the last two seasons since his since his injury so that's the group that i've put as far as kind of take what you can leave them Frances. and i mean i didn't mention alba busquets pk and I, I figure you don't disagree
2: i don't disagree with that at all i think that if you want barca to move forward then rakitic vidal umtiti and their wages perhaps more importantly their wages need to need to be moved on rakitic has been fantastic for many years we're very grateful for what he's done but his time is up, and uh, it looks like he wants to go to Sevilla. I mean, he even dived in the pool, um, which, you know, has caused a lot of reaction. I think people sometimes overreact about things. He's, uh, he's, his wife supports Sevilla. He played for Sevilla. He was a hero there. Um, he's been, you know, he's pretty much out of Barca. He's already cleared his locker, by the way. I don't know if uh, the listeners know this. But he's already cleared his lockers on the camp now. And, um, you know, I think he's certainly on his way out. So, you know, there's no need to overreact. Um, what you said in terms of money, five to 10 million is fine. Um, Vidal, again, I think he's going to have more offers. Vidal has actually been very good for Barca this season, I want to add, uh, much better than I thought he was going to be. And um, to be honest, I don't know if that's... Well, I do know that it is good for Vidal personally, but I don't think that's a good sign for Barca that Arturo Vidal actually has been one of our best players of the season. Uh, no disrespect to him, but you know that's not the Barca style. And a 33 years old, that's not the profile of player we need. And uh, Umtiti has been a huge, huge, huge disappointment because, you know, I thought that, you know, three years ago, I thought we had a, a, a rebirth of Puyo for the next 10 years. But injuries haven't respected him. And uh, let's just say his attitude off the pitch hasn't always been what you would expect. But then again, it's, it's, it's all bad luck. I mean, in terms of the, the, the you know, the, the, the bits of, of the pitch, if you perform well, they don't matter that much. But when you don't, then, you know, you're under the scrutiny, like it happened to Dembélé and it happened to Artur, for example. So, yeah, I think those three need, need to go.
1: It's incredible to me that looking a few weeks ago, that Felipe Coutinho, I had even made a YouTube video all about how he and at the time I felt like Semedo were the real key to the transfer market. Because Coutinho, of all the players that, would, that are going to be on Barcelona's squad list next year, not counting, I think, Griezmann and Messi... Catino is the one that should have the greatest resale value. Now, I think we're probably going to have in the next two weeks or so continue this Coutinho conversation because the way and positions that Messi, Griezmann, and Coutinho will be playing this coming season, and we think the formation will be a 4 2 3 1 or something like that. It could also wind up being a 3 5 2 based on personnel or look like that at least when in possession for a long amount of time but defensively even we know it's going to be a 4-2-3-1 or should expect that so where go Coleman who is also reportedly said to Coutinho that he is in his plans where he plans on playing him I think is a a big part of this but regardless of the formation that you put with Griezmann and we didn't see Griezmann and Coutinho at the club at the same time it's still baffling to me a little bit and as I said we're going to talk about how he does fit at Barca if that winds up being the confirmed case but as far as the reasoning for keeping him at Barca Francis, it doesn't really, I, I'm not in Coleman's head, but it doesn't really totally make sense to him. But it does tell me as well that Coutinho probably had so little, and maybe one of the main reasons is the pandemic. So he might actually be one of the ones who has been hit hardest in terms of his resale value. So maybe they checked the market and nobody really said that we'll take Coutinho for it. Nobody has 40 to 50 to 60 million euros to pay. And if you can't sell Coutinho between 50 and 70 then you just have to hold on to him so maybe Coleman is not that he doesn't have the power here because I think the club has given him power and directive that Valverde and and Setien clearly did not in in transfer windows and Setien didn't even get a transfer window but as far as Coleman it seems like the club might have said hey there's no way that we're going to be able to offload this guy so you're just going to have to from the start have him as a part of your plans because for me if you should have been I think you should have been shopping Coutinho I mean, we've seen good things from him, but when he came in, he, it was a problem where he played on the field and where he flourishes on the field. And even for Bayern Munich in that 4-2-3-1, uh, it doesn't, just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you could play him, try to play him deeper than Griezmann and Messi, but you're still going to have issues in, in terms of the defensive support of the team. And so I just don't think how Coutinho is going to be a complement to Messi and Griezmann. I just don't know how th- those three together can ever properly fit in any formation. And so it just tells me that there might not have been the market they needed for him.
2: No, I agree. I I don't think, and that's that's all the indications coming out of the Catalan media say the same thing, that um, they tried to shop him around and no one was interested enough to to pay what, you know, I, I would say even a third of what Barca paid for him, which obviously was an astronomical amount. And we discussed that at the time. It's interesting to me that both Coutinho and Griezmann play in Messi's position, isn't it? If um, they're trying to hold on to Coutinho and they're trying to hold on to Griezmann, is that because they know that Messi is actually going? Are they trying something, you know, uh, do they know something that we don't? Uh, Or is it, you know, is it further gone than we think it is? I'm I'm not quite sure. I mean, Coutinho, I think, we're not discovering him now. He's a quality player. He's a great player. Uh, And obviously, he wouldn't have been what he was at Liverpool if he wasn't. But the thing is, he's his demeanor his personality his his strength his self belief is not what in my eyes an elite player should should have especially not than no one that you pay like 140 150 million euros for and which is precisely why nobody's paying them i mean he came on um, as a sub in pretty much every champions league game with bayern and uh, apart from the game against us because we were ridiculous we were embarrassing and we were to be honest a disgusting football team that hopefully we never have to see again but the only game in which Coutinho actually made an impact was ours. The only game in which he actually looked uh, decent enough to to be able to even play for for Bayern, even if it was just as a sub, was the game against Barca. And all the others, he came on. I don't think he changed the game in either one of them. And uh, he looks he looks down. He just doesn't look like the shining beacon of confidence and Brazilian you know flair that he used to do at Liverpool. And I, I I've got doubts that he will stay. I mean. He disrespected the Camp No when he was here. He basically, you know, he covered his ears as to say, it doesn't matter what you tell me. Um, I think that two years have gone and Barca are in a separate, different situation. I think that, you know, the, the, the problems of Barca go deeper as to whether Coutinho does that in the Camp No or not. Um, I would be, in that respect, it's not that he's going to be forgotten or forgiven. Um, I, I would rather not have him at all. But given the situation and... The fact that unless you keep him, you're virtually throwing away 100 million euros for one season, one and a half seasons. Then I think I think you take him back. But I'm not convinced he's got the level to be a decisive factor at Barca at all. I'm not convinced that he's the unbalancing player that we need. Um, I'm certainly not sure that if Griezmann and Messi stay, he's actually not going to be anywhere near the starting eleven. I think that he probably would be the sub of the sub because you know if Messi plays and Kuman doesn't want to play Griezmann out of position, then Griezmann's going to have to play behind Messi or instead of Messi. And then what does Coutinho actually do? And then the other flip of that is that, you know, all of those three have got incredibly sky high wages and uh, for Coutinho to be third option for one position rather than second option or first option for the three attacking positions or arguably four, if you go for a three one up front, then I don't think it's good business.
1: Yeah, I think that's a place to leave that with Coutinho. as I said, if he continues to be at Barcelona, we'll continue to talk about him. So we have two more things left on the docket, Frances, to talk about today. And one of them is the outside back positions. As I said, Jordi Alba, I think with all the names and all the business needed to be done, there's no way to move Alba in this window as well. Uh, with Again, it's also a shortened transfer window, I remind you there. Jose Galle is being hinted at as the one player that Valencia don't want to sell, but the one player that Barcelona are trying to get on a, on a bargain deal. So I think you're going to hear that. Uh, I guess you want to hear that saga continue for a little bit longer but Gaia seems to be a player that Valencia do not want to part with and I also say on the right back Semedo for as much that he did struggle obviously against Alfonso Davies he can do a job and should be the regular starter again this season but I am in the camp that the right back spot is a position that should look to be upgraded in time and he can stick around while someone matures into the spot that being Semedo so need no need to desperately try to offload the Portuguese right back right now. Emerson obviously is the other option that I've liked. What I've seen, I've watched him at least 10 times, 12 times for Real Betis this year, 21 years old, and talking about Brazilian deals, that actually looks like a good piece of business by Barca. Unfortunately, he played for Real Betis at least for another year. But I think he would surprise in a Barca uniform. So he might, I believe you could, they could end his loan, in theory, his loan to Real Betis now for $6 million, But you've also heard many more rumors that Barcelona are going to look to try to cash in on him which to me just again that means that they completely unequivocally trust tomato which is a little bit confusing as I said and uh spoiler alert as I teased last week I will be having coming out in the next few days realistic transfers and on that list is a lot of younger players and not to give away the right back spot but it's a player that and the hill I'm willing to die on in that I think if Cugino Dest is available for 15 to 25 million euros this summer This is, I think, a deal that Barca need to make now. And I'll I'll put that all in and make it all make sense at the end when we try to answer what a successful window would look like. But for me, one of, again, a spoiler about that video, that's one of the names I'll give you now. At the right back spot, I really just think that it's not getting rid of Semedo right now, but definitely bringing in Dest this summer would be, uh, I think, a good piece of business. And Emerson as well, you can leave him on loan. And then if you can find a reasonable price for Semedo next summer, then you bring in Emerson, and now you have Destin Emerson. So to me, that makes a lot of sense. And I think outside backs, as we saw all season long, and this is no offense to Alba, but this is a position for me, Frances, that I don't think Barca are going to be able to work on this transfer window, but I think do need to continue to be upgraded over time.
2: So in terms of Semedo, I think that he's done more than enough to, to be trusted as a starting right-back next season. Um, I do know that, obviously, Kuman has said that he wants Sergio Roberto as a midfielder, but you know that's the same thing that Setien said. That's the same thing that Valverde said. So that that could be changing. But um, as you mentioned, I don't think we need to invest too heavily on that at all. If a great opportunity comes up um, or, you know, Sergio Roberto is eventually sold, which I don't really see happening, then we will have to look at that. Um, As for Jordi Alba, I said it in the last couple of weeks, I think he has to go. I really think he has to go. I think that he's, together with Luis Suarez, the the one that is polluting the dressing room the most. Um, I think that he is, and ally to the negativity that um, is is coming through and is you know impacting Messi as well. I'm not saying nothing is coming from Messi himself because obviously something must be because you know these guys are just not happy. But I think that um, sometimes you need to break the click in, in some some businesses in some companies and in this case in a, in a football team. And I think Alba has to go. Um, I will be and I'm not talking what he can offer on the pitch. I think what he can offer on the pitch is clear for everyone to see. This is someone who is a Spanish international. He's a fantastic player that, you know, has taken Spain and obviously Barca, we're talking about Barca now, to, to new heights. I think that what he can provide in terms of assists, in terms of experiences, is, is very, very important. But I really do think that sometimes you need to look beyond. And uh, if you want to transform the restroom, room, then as I said in the, in the last podcast, out of the five that I mentioned, so Suarez, Alba, Busquets, Piquet, you need to, I said last week, three of them need to go. I don't I don't change that. I still believe that. And I think in my books, if it was up to me, Jordi Alba certainly goes. However, Mike's question is the realistic you know, transfer window for Barca. So realistically, Alba's not going anywhere. I, I was reading a report from uh, from Sport earlier on that said that um, Kuman, who obviously coached Valencia all those years ago, actually wanted to promote Alba to the first team. He was 18 or 17 at the time. And uh, he, he pretty much did that, and then he got sacked, not immediately, but, you know, a couple of weeks after. So that never really happened, but I know that Kuman um, really values what Jordi Alba has done, and uh, my understanding is that Alba would be allowed to stay. Um, so with that in mind, all I can hope is that, you know, Kuman can get something out of Jordi Alba, not necessarily in a sporting perspective, which obviously needs to improve on what he has been doing in the last four or five months, but from a... From a, from a perspective of personality, for, of willingness, of uh, trying to add, not, not, you know, not, not take away from what the team actually is. And uh, if he can turn his uh, attitude around, I think that from the sporting perspective, everything will follow. Um, not to be too unfair to him either, this season Alba has had a lot of injuries. But at the same time, post-lockdown, there wasn't any, any niggles that you know, were hindering his performance. He was outplayed like the rest of the team was. So that's, that's my two cents on Alba.
1: Yeah, I think we're on the same page there. That Once again, I think that the fullback positions need to be upgraded. But as far as Jordi Alba goes, his contract, it makes no sense to try to terminate that contract because it's for multiple years still. So it just wouldn't financially make sense for the club to bite the bullet on Jordi Alba. And the last thing I want to just add to this point about the outside backs is that unlike the midfield, And not really to the center back position, but unlike the midfield and the wing positions, those are the two spots. There is young talent. You could throw in some La Masia Barcelona B players at winger and at midfield. The academy is strong there for players ready to get into the first team. But the outside back spots are, unfortunately, a little bit of gaping holes at that position as well, where Hakimi is 22, Moir is 22. But I don't really see those two. They're not going to solve any problems at the outside-back spots, and then the guys underneath them, those prodigal talents that are supposed to be pushing through, they're just not ready. They're either too young, a little bit injured, or they're we're still a few years out from the big, big talents in La Masia who are 16, 17 at those positions and just, just not ready. So unfortunately for outside-back, that's just, again, we might have a crisis at those positions next season, but as you and I have both agreed that financially, it just makes the most sense with all the other work to do that Alba and Sameda will continue on next season to be the starters for FC Barcelona. Now, we end this show before we finally do answer Mike's question. Again, that is how the show will ultimately end. But the final note before this is that obviously with Ronald Coleman coming in, he has been linked with four different netherlands players and by the time we've said this there might be five or six more we haven't even heard the lick and we haven't heard some kind of subplot about uh how he's trying to force his way out of eventus or anything like that but the big names have been donny Beek, the midfielder at ajax Georgino Winaldum, the midfielder at liverpool and memphis dubai who plays at Lyon. now Coleman, he may like van de Beek but Ajax has reportedly put a 55 million euro price tag on the 23 year old which I don't think is something that Barca can't afford I even wonder if they should afford him I think he's a good player I like van de Beek and I thought he did really well with De Jong and De Ligt uh, last season but he wasn't as great this season without them now before Komen arrived however van de Beek was never linked with Barcelona he was more heavily linked with Manu and Real Madrid he can play in a double pivot but I would assume that Komen would use him in the middle of a midfield three of a 4-2-3-1 where he plays with the national team but either way I think he's too expensive at this window and he's not the exact profile I'm looking for again I'll be mentioning the profile of a young midfielder I'm trying to bring in even if he's more I'll put that in a YouTube video but even if he's more talented than anyone else on that list Van de Beek just it just doesn't make sense at this point in time and then Jorginho Wijnaldum unfortunately he's the one in my heart that I'm like oh if, if something happens and if one of these Netherlands rumors just does, does become reality he's a Champions League winning player who actually starts in the middle of that three behind the striker for the Netherlands over Van de Beek usually with Coleman, and he can also play as a double pivot so it's unfortunate that Barca could do Liverpool a favor by taking him off their hands so they can more easily bring in Thiago which is I mean I know you'll mention that and what that looked like after watching Thiago in Champions League final but The Wineldum does make sense economically because his contract is up this summer at Liverpool, or sorry, next summer. So Barca could swing a deal for Wineldum on the last year of his contract on a bargain. That said, the midfielder is going to be 30 in November. And I'm not looking for somebody who's going to block Ricky Pooj and call us And again, you're also bringing in Pianic. Don't forget about him. And he'll be playing at that double pivot. It's basically De Jong on one side and then Busquets and Pianic on the other. So to me, Wijnaldum doesn't totally make a lot of sense. Again, particularly because you're blocking Pooj and Alain Yaa. So unsurprisingly, of all the players I mentioned today, the soon-to-be 30-year-old is the most likely to arrive at the Camp Nou this summer. And Memphis Dubai... I mean, that might become reality if Luis Suarez sees his exes from the club. You will have Messi and Griezmann, in theory, playing in the middle, playing as a center forward. But the club might be looking at some other kind of player to back them up. And maybe Ansu Fati, who plays on the wing, he I think he's going to be a winger for a few more seasons. Ultimately, I think he does fit in the middle, but I don't think that's the time now. So maybe they are going to be looking for not a broth weight, but a younger version. On the cheap, and I also in the transfer window video i am going to have some suggestions there. Unfortunately, I have a bunch of real clients, it doesn't make any sense. So, I've even seen that Calvin Stangs, who's another winger, he's being linked, but again, the wing position is not one that Barcelona need to reinforce, and to buy might be too expensive. So, Francesca, I'm not throwing out all these Netherlands rumors, but I think I, as you heard, I broke down each and every one as to why Winaldo is the only one that. I could see potentially happening but again he's also the one who's going to be 30 in november so it seems like more of the issue that's why he's available
2: well to be honest i'm not gonna throw anything else because you've obviously detailed it very well i just think that if you bring a coach of kuman's caliber someone who as we said last week um i think he knows full well that you know he needs to get it right from the beginning otherwise he's going to be gone and you know as as some of the candidates said even if he gets it right he may not even be the coach when they take over, um, you know, by the after the elections in March next year. Then I think you need to bring at least one player for him. And uh, out of the ones you mentioned, I think probably Van der Beek is the one that would be the best addition in terms of individual talent, individual personnel, and also uh, potential and you know room for improvement moving forward. I think Memphis would probably be a good idea up front as well. Uh, but I don't want to get into details. I think that. It would all depend. As I keep saying, I'm probably really boring today. But <laughs> as I keep saying, it all depends on who leaves first. So you need to open the door, and then once the door is wide open, and some of our highest-paid players actually depart, then you have to look for who you bring in. But I think that it would be pretty unfair for Kuman to be brought in and not being allowed to sign not even the one player of his choice. And uh, you know, if all the rumors had to be believed, it's going to come from from Holland, uh, from one way or another.
1: And I also have mentioned that there are Dutch players that are available rather cheaply for a bunch of reasons. So again, more of that. I keep plugging it in the transfer window video that I'll be coming out with in a few of the coming days. So finally, Frances, just around the hour mark, we don't want to go too long. So we do want to finally answer the question, what is the minimum you need to consider for Mike Cremens to have this be a successful window, being realistic under the circumstances? And I guess I'll go first here. And if you have any changes to it, then you can speak your piece. But for me, it would be to... It looks like Luis Suarez is going to be off the books. It seems like that's confirmed to happen. I would say joining him in leaving the club is going to be Rakitic, Vidal, Rafinha, and Umtiti. You just have to find something for those players, some, some transfer fee between 5 and 25 depending on the player. You've got to find something. If Tadebo goes, then you bring in Garcia. I would also consider upgrading... As a backup, one of the outside back positions, again, Dest is my pick. So bringing in a young player like that to reinforce the outside back positions for between 15 to 25 million. So in theory, the only transfers that would get done would be Dest and Garcia. Digus Trinkau and Pedri are also entering the squad, having been bought in January. And again, you're also giving Puj and, in theory, Fati larger roles. So in theory, you're gaining five or six players. And Coutinho, if he really is staying, is... He's not a new addition, but he would be entering the squad as well. So that is a changeover of about six to seven main contributors to the squad. That's actually a, a, a bunch of upheaval. And you are getting rid of three of the established vets from last season and then continuing to give different roles to Busquets. And again, Alba, his, his life won't change. And PK might be phased out just a little bit. Still be the starter, but get less time instead of starting every single match with Garcia or Tadibo in the frame. So do you have any other moves that are different there, Frances?
2: No, but not many, not many. I think that I would, based on what I've been saying and just for the sake of being consistent and also because I still think it, I think that um, out of the list of outgoings, you need to add Alba too. I don't think it's going to happen. But for me, a, a transfer season after the worst defeat in club history and the humiliation we suffered in front of the eyes of millions—not just this season, but the previous season, and the one before that, and the one before that—and uh, out of the five key players, you end up keeping four, then I don't think that can be considered a success. Uh, all of the other players, like your Braithwaite's and your junior firpos and all that, and Rafinha's, etc., I think they should be considered secondary. So for me, the, the 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 heart of all this operation this summer was a clean-up, and you know, if if after what's happened, the only truly core player you can afford kind of is Luis Suarez by paying his salary then I don't think that could be considered a success in terms of bringing players in I would consider that if Kuman can choose one sign-in based on the amount of talent because you know let's not forget there's a huge amount of talent in this squad I don't think that is the problem the problem is the fitness the mentality and the fact that there are rotten personalities in the dressing room there are players that are, have been there for far too long they're too spoiled to work and they rub off on the other ones so for me the, the, the main thing is to offload those personalities from ineffective players who, you know, get paid much more than they produce. And then in terms of coming in, to be honest, even if you didn't sign anybody, if you could just clean it, then the, the, next, the next season would be better. Because obviously we're, gonna have a, we're going to have a coach in Kuman who actually knows what he's doing. He's got the charisma to pull it through and he's a, he's a club legend. So I think the, the most important thing is to offload um, as I keep saying. And then, in terms of coming in, just give him one player that is not hugely expensive, unless in eyes it's Lautaro Martinez or Neymar, which obviously we could do a whole show about.
1: Yeah, but with the pandemic and everything going on, it just seems impossible. And, Frances, yeah, I leave it on the point that you make that the squad needs to get younger. And six of the players that I mentioned, Dest and Garcia, not with the club, but even if you reinforce with Tadebo, that you're adding five or six to seven young players between the ages of 17 and 21 that if played properly and if given minutes, that's we would lead the test here, that if given minutes and trusted, the, the team is going to look a lot hungrier and I think a lot better next season. That's so, the key. That's the key.
2: Sorry to jump in again, but that is precisely the key because if you're keeping someone of Jordi Alba's salary or Busquets' salary or Piquet's salary or even Luis Suarez's salary, if you couldn't get rid of him, then you play them. You have to play them because otherwise it doesn't make any sense to keep them. So it is essential. The same with Rakitic this season. You end up playing him because he's in the top six of salaries in the squad. And, you know, when things turn ugly, the board are going to say, well, why did you keep him if you're not going to play him? He's very expensive. You may as well give him a chance. And then we're going around and around in circles and it will be another wasted season. And, you know, probably going full circle in this show. That's the reason why Messi doesn't want to stay. Messi wants a winning team. He's 33. He needs to feel valued. He needs to feel challenged. And if he's just going to be carrying on a bunch of kids to the next step, then he may agree to do that um, as long as, you know, he sees he's got an impact. But to have another repetition of just being surrounded by Jordi Alba, Luis Suarez, Busquets, etc., as great as they have been over the years, I just don't see how that's um, appealing to Messi at all. So you may end up losing him instead. So there needs to be action. And, uh, you know, it is a given that bars are going to have to lose some money somewhere. But I think if Bartomeu is, is truly mean in all of this, uh, I'm staying because of responsibility. Well, then this is your responsibility. You need to clean up the mess that you made.
1: Yep. So I, I think we made a pretty good mess of trying to figure out what a successful transfer window is. I think we got to a good point. I think we got to a point of agreement. And the names that we've said are... Again, no surprises, and I think that's what realistic means, that there are no surprises when it comes to some realism and the options, limited options, that the club does have. So for those who've been listening to this for this entire time, not only do we thank you for putting us in your ears, but this could all change in the next 24 hours. So hopefully you got to listen to this whole show before potentially there was a gigantic upheaval or a big player was bought or some other reason that has changed and thrown this show to the scrapyard. But we want to thank you so much for tuning into the show. You can tap in your app and check out the show notes to subscribe. You can find us on social media too, at the Barcelona pod on Twitter or at Hilton D13 for me and on Instagram at the Barcelona pod. Closed Facebook group is link backslash group for deeper dive and discussions. You can also help us out on patreon as our again one of our favorite patrons in mike Crimmins has done and you can continue to help us make these shows at tbpodlink backslash patreon we're also on youtube if you hadn't heard me plug it about a billion times because this podcast <laughs> and that video this week do make sense together and those transfer videos as my wife has to hear me complain they take the longest amount of time to put together because they have a lot of research involved but it winds up being, I think, a big payoff in trying to understand what Barca are trying to look for. So you can check that out on YouTube at The Barcelona Podcast. So check us out there. Hit that subscription button. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to The Barcelona Podcast. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. for Barca. Força. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return of sports, and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day, all night. Go to BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax.